Accountability is God's job. But it's not solely God's job. No, it's our job too. We will be the plan. We are never going to give up. When the truth is known to the entire world, we are going to have extreme accountability. Good evening and welcome to the Stu Peters Show. So after weeks in solitary confinement for the crime of visiting Washington, D.C., political prisoner Owen Schroyer of InfoWars is finally a free man. His present sentence wasn't even close to the longest of the January 6th defendants, but it may have been the most unjust. Because Schroyer literally did nothing even remotely wrong. He didn't throw a single punch. He didn't set one foot inside the Capitol. He sat on the Capitol steps and chanted some generic political slogans. That's it. And for that, he was made into a political prisoner of the Biden dictatorship, shut up into solitary confinement for a month. Fittingly enough, the first thing that Owen did after leaving the clink was to produce a video thanking his supporters on the outside and then drawing a link to the sacred scriptures. There was one particular Bible verse that stuck out to me when Paul and Silas were imprisoned and they talked about praying and the prayers shook the foundations and caused an earthquake that caused the prison doors to be open so that they could get out. And I believe that happened to me not only once, but twice. Your prayers shook the prison doors open so that I got out of the special housing unit known as the shoe on the inside or confinement. It's the prison inside the prison. And then your prayers once again caused the earthquake that opened the prison doors for me to be released today after serving 47 days of my 60 days. It's not just the prison walls that are crumbling. No, the walls of censorship are collapsing into dust as well. Just days after Schroyer's early prison release, Elon Musk released the Twitter ban for InfoWars and Alex Jones, and Owen benefited from that amnesty as well. He's silenced no more. Musk himself actually responded to Schroyer's case earlier this week. I just wanted to thank Elon for his commitment to free speech, reinstating Alex, of course, welcome back. Um, and I just wanted to, I think it was Mark Dice earlier who raised this um, with Owen Schroyer's ban. I just wanted to note that it, it didn't have anything to do with the InfoWars thing. Um, it actually had to do with the fact that he called for people to come to a rally and uh, Media Matters actually did a hit piece. And they said that it would violate uh, Texas's social distancing order. So that's how they actually got him banned was through a Media Matters hit piece. So in response, uh, Twitter 1.0 banned him. So I just wanted to get any thoughts on that. Oh, it's a perfect timing. Elon, maybe you can also give us a, a, an update if there is any uh, on Media Matters and why you decided to do them. Yeah, Media Matters is an evil propaganda machine. Um, so I, I just generally uh, am against evil propaganda machines. and. Uh, so we are suing them in every country that they operate. And we will, we will pursue not just the organization, but anyone funding that organization. The empire of lies is crumbling before us. Why? Thanks to the prayers and the bravery and the steadfastness of those who stand for the truth. Truth is not an always easy place. 
You see, the empire of lies is crumbling right before our eyes. Thanks to the prayers and to the bravery and to the steadfastness of those who stand for the truth. The truth is not always an easy place to stand. No, we were told that we would be the most persecuted people for following Jesus Christ and for spreading the gospel and for telling the ultimate truth. Hmm. We spoke with Owen Schroyer on this program shortly before he reported to prison. It's our pleasure to welcome him back onto the program once again, and he joins us now. Owen, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you being here. Well, it's great to be here, and I can tell you I've got many stories to tell, and Despite the hardships of my prison sentence, there is no doubt in my mind that God wanted me to experience this for multiple reasons, and my faith in God was solidified, and quite frankly, my faith in the American people was reaffirmed, and that might sound a little odd to some people, but the support I got from the outside, and in some cases, on the inside, reminded me that the American people aren't completely without a pulse yet. The the common sense, good-minded, good soul, spiritual people still exist, and we've atrophied a lot of our spirit and soul and rights, but I do think that we can get it back, but it's a race against time. So take us through this. You report to prison. Uh, you know, from we were trying to check in on you. We were trying to figure out what's going on. We were trying to report on your entire stay. Uh, you weren't even allowed to talk to your attorney for some time. I mean, take us through your stay. Well, let me tell you, one of the things I came out of there realizing that I didn't expect was how necessary prison reform is. And this is definitely an issue that I'm going to be taking up in the future because it's bad. What happened to me is not necessarily an isolated incident. It happens to most prisoners. The difference is that usually the BOP workers, they don't give a damn about the prisoners. But since I have a large following, a large audience and a large platform, they actually had to learn, oh, wait, wait, there's actually pressure on us. People are actually learning about what we do in here. And so that's an interesting story. But when I first went in, they immediately put me into solitary confinement for quarantine, for COVID. So they're still, they're still doing that garbage, which there's some other oddities with that as well. That's but for the sake of time, I won't, I, I won't get into it. And I think they know it, that it's illegal because when the regions came through for a uh, inspection, they magically released all the quarantine people. Hmm. But nonetheless, I spent the first week in quarantine, solitary confinement for COVID. Now, upon release, I spent half a day in general population. And with some of that time, I made a phone call. Some of your audience may have heard that phone call. It was simple. I made a phone call. I thanked people for sending me mail. I thanked people for praying for me, and I just let people know I'm out of solitary. And that was it. Well, the next day, they threw me back into confinement, what's called the special housing unit. For people to understand, that's a prison inside the prison. And it's reserved for people that stab people. It's reserved for people that smuggle contraband into the prison. But they decided to throw me in there as well for, and I quote the document, for a most like phone abuse. Most like. So they couldn't even say I engaged in phone abuse. They said most like phone abuse. Now, there's a common theme that comes with me here and my time. And that's first I've ever seen. 
And I heard this from longtime inmates. I heard this from longtime BOP workers, some of the tops inside the prison and some of the guards. As far as we can tell to this day, I'm the only person to ever be sent to prison for a misdemeanor. I want people to understand that. I'm the only person to ever be sent to federal prison for a misdemeanor. I've also spent more than four years on probation. And then once I got in and they put me inside the prison, inside the prison, first person they've ever heard of getting sent to the special housing unit for my alleged infraction. Guards had never heard of it. Inmates have never heard of it. And so there were a lot of firsts that unfortunately I had to experience. But imagine this. Not only did I get sent to prison for my speech, I then got sent to the prison inside the prison for my speech. Now, I had off-the-record conversations, too, and you know how this goes when you're a journalist with integrity. When people ask for it to be off the record, you keep their names clean. But I had some off-the-record conversations with some individuals. I'll leave it at that. And they wanted to make sure that something was clear, that the abuse that I was receiving and the treatment that I was receiving had nothing to do with them. In fact, they are in support of me. And at this point, they're probably even fans of what I do. But they wanted to make sure that I knew that my issues were not with the people that were working at that facility. My issues are with the people at the very top. And that's what I was told. The very top. Those are the people that made sure I went to federal prison for a misdemeanor. Those are the people that made sure I was sent to the special housing unit for a phone call that nobody's ever been sent to before. And so it really just shows, and that was part of the reason why my faith was affirmed in the American people. Now, granted, it comes with a grain of salt when you hear people telling you, hey, I'm just doing my job. But nonetheless, at least they know who's on the right side of history and who the bad guys are. Isn't that the chain that we have to break? I mean, you've got cops that are on the street right now that are parking under shade trees getting their minimums of no proof of insurance tickets because they don't want to be proactive and jump out on gangbangers with guns because they know that they'll end up in prison just like Derek Chauvin did, get railroaded in a trial. And so then, you know, but they're doing it. They're following orders. The COVID mandates, they're checking your coffee cup to make sure that you're not pulling your mask down, you know, uh, with an empty cup of coffee, just using it as a prop and carrying it as an excuse to, you know, take your mask off. Uh, the, the, the social distancing stuff that they were the forcing the injections, all this stuff, they're following orders. The people that were there, although be it, you may not have a problem with them, they were following the orders from the people at the top. Isn't that the cycle that we have to break? Otherwise, inevitably, aren't we all doomed for the same fate? Well, it is. And, you know, it is a bit of a complex issue. What do you tell somebody who is struggling in the economy when they have to keep their job, but they know maybe doing their job is forcing them to do things they wouldn't agree with, either philosophically, intellectually, or spiritually? You know, that's not an issue that I have to face, luckily. That's not an issue that you have to face. And so I don't know what breaks that chain. I don't know what breaks that pattern of behavior. Maybe things get a lot worse than how I was treated. I hope not. But maybe that's what has to happen is that other people have to experience it or the the people that are just doing their jobs have to experience it. And, you know, on that note, and this is why I talk about prison reform, at least and it's hard for me to to get a number, but let's say um, sex offenders and child molesters aside that were in the prison I was at. 95% of these inmates are non-violent criminals. Most of the men in that 
prison that I was in do not belong in prison. They don't belong there, quite simply. And when the BOP, and I heard about the hearing that my name got brought up in and Colette uh, couldn't answer basic questions because the ineptitude and incompetence and just quite frankly, laziness that exists in BOP officials is something very apparent as well. They don't need $2 billion, Stu. I understand what she's talking about. Yeah, they got a problem with staff. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, they got a problem with facilities. There's no doubt about that. I'm showering in units that are filled with black mold, but they don't need $2 billion to fix those issues because none of those issues would get fixed. They could get $10 billion and none of those things would be fixed. What they need is to find out annually how many prisoners equal $2 billion a year and release them tomorrow. These are men that are being separated from their families. These are nonviolent criminals. I was stunned to find out how many political prisoners are actually in the prison system, not in the light that you and I might think about with political speech or media, but you go up against corrupt judges, they throw you away uh, and throw the key away. You go up against corrupt prosecutors. You go up against uh, corruption in the insurance industry, the health insurance industry, Medicare, Medicaid. They throw you in jail and throw away the key. I was stunned to find out how many cases were like that in the prison. So prison reform is a big thing I learned about while I was in there. But I mean, as far as my treatment is concerned, it's a road to recovery. I mean, I lost 15 pounds while I was in there and I didn't eat healthy at all. You're forced to drink the tap water. You're forced to eat the government slop that they feed you in the prison. And this is what these men have to endure. And my sentence was inches compared to their miles, including some other January 6th defendants. Yeah. How, how do we get away from, you know, or, or combine judicial reform with prison reform because it's the judiciary, it's the judicial system that sent you there in the first place. And who are the people at the top that these, I mean, how far, you said all the way at the top, how far to the top, who was making sure uh, that you had the most miserable experience possible? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if even Merrick Garland was involved in this stuff. And uh, there are some attorneys, I don't want to say their names because quite frankly, uh, these people are so heavy handed in what they want to do to us that uh, they'll probably just lock me away for talking to you or saying their names on air. But we've got a pretty good idea who they are. I think in the course of time, some of the lawyers that have found this out through litigation will be willing to speak about it. But I think if there's a simple solution and and perhaps there's no simple solution to anything, but this is the understanding that could lead to the solution. The incentive in the Department of Justice is not justice, and that's very clear. I think everybody would realize that by now. Yep. The incentive is not justice. The incentive from the U.S. attorneys and prosecutors is convictions, and this has been well understood for years. Their incentive is convictions. That's why they hit you with five, six, seven charges that don't belong. That's why they try to overcharge you and oversentence you so that they can get you to plea, and then they have a high conviction rate. So there's no justice there. That's just the corrupt Justice Department going for a high conviction rate, which what do you know? They get it. Yeah, when you're facing hundreds of years for a crime that maybe you didn't even commit versus going to trial and being in front of a jury that's not your peers, you take the best case, which is usually the plea. And so people take the plea and the U.S. attorneys and prosecutors, they get their high conviction rate. There's no concern for justice in that process. And then you have the judges, you have the bench. What's their motivation? Prison. 
They want to send people to prison. Their job is to fill the prisons. So justice is never even a concern during this whole process. It's convictions and imprisonment, and that needs to be fixed desperately. And I will tell you, there was one move that came out of the Supreme Court that nobody's talking about, but it's very important. There's a thing called um, behavior or or uh, remote behavior. It's slipping my mind right now, which is bothering me because they used it against me. But essentially, they argue that relevant conduct, that's what it is, relevant conduct, they argue that they can just take anything you do in your life and find it. It's kind of like somebody going back on social media saying 10 years ago and saying, oh, this tweet was offensive. You're fired from your job or you're kicked out of the school. They had this thing called relevant conduct, and they just dig through your entire life. And they bring it up and they just say, oh, because of this relevant conduct, we're going to add time to your sentence or we're going to show this to the, to the judge to, to make him know that you're a bad character. Well, the Supreme Court just came down and said, we, you, you cannot use relevant conduct in these sentencing memos. You cannot use relevant conduct from the bench to increase the punishment of the defendants. Now, we'll see if the judges and the prosecuting attorneys decide to listen to the Supreme Court on that or not. But the Supreme Court said, if you don't stop using relevant conduct, then we're going to have to make a motion and a movement to stop relevant conduct. So many people end up in prison because of this thing called relevant conduct. And most people probably have never even heard of it. I mentioned uh, before you came on that you did literally nothing on January 6th. I, I mean, no offense. I mean, I know you have a, a tremendous following. I like you personally. I consider you to be a friend. Uh, Alex is a friend. You know, uh, Harrison Smith, the, the whole network, InfoWars, I consider you guys to be, you know, we're, we're doing the same thing. We're fighting the same fight. But uh, and so I'm not taking anything away from what you did on January 6th or what you said. But I mean, literally, they were nothing statements. They were they were just bogus, generic political statements through a bullhorn. This is what you did. They sent you to prison. How likely are they to come for me just for doing this show? How, I mean, how likely are they to come for, you know, Harrison just for doing his show? How likely then after that when they eliminate the voices, because that's why you really were targeted because of the platform and the sway and the influence that you have on so many people, they needed to shut you up to make you an example for the people that they will come for next if they don't shut up. They're breeding generations of subservient compliance. Well, and just so people understand what I chanted was USA, USA, USA. That's what I chanted. They even put that in their sentencing memo. I mean, can you imagine I'm being charged for a speech crime of chanting USA, USA, USA. In the United the States of America. That's what they did. And, and, and people can say, oh, that's crazy. There's no way. Go look at the sentencing memo for yourself, folks. They don't even hide it. They put it right in the sentencing memo. And I'll tell you this, this is not really something that makes me feel good. And it's really out of my control. It's kind of like, um, you know, a an automatic muscle function or an automatic... Uh, you know, body organ that you don't think about. Like, I don't have to sit here and think about my liver, do the job, right? Well, now that I've been in prison for my speech and I continue to go through this political persecution for my speech, yeah, there's something in my head every day that I turn the mic on, every day I get in front of the camera, every day I speak, there's something, I can't help it in the back of my head saying, you might go to jail for this. There's a, there's a little bit of a spark there, and I don't know if I would call it fear, but a chilling effect, it's there. It's lingering. It lingers over my head all the time that, hey, your speech might wind you up in prison. And, you know, it's one thing for me to understand that and have that and call it a fear or whatever. But what really concerns me, is this the future for America? 
Is this what it's going to be like for future Americans that perhaps aren't born yet? Is every American yet to be born going to have to live with this that I have to live with now the rest of my life? That just speaking is going to wind me up in a in a in a prison in solitary confinement, eating government slop, being malnourished and sleep deprived, because that has to linger for me the rest of my life now. And I know there's others that have the same thing. Is that the future for Americans? Because that very notion breaks my heart. Think about how quickly and how far that's progressed. People used to self-censor themselves on Facebook for fear of going to Facebook jail. People censored themselves on Twitter. Be careful what you say there. You might not want to say it like you, you might want to think about rewording that, you know, because you'll lose your Twitter account. You'll be suspended. And now they're sending you to physical prisons for nothing other than speech. So without trying to black pill everyone, because I know that you hate that and so do I. We, we live in a world where our, jo- our jobs are literally to try to communicate to the unsuspecting public what's really happening with our government, with our country, with our institutions. So where do we go from here? How, how do we combat this when it seems that the system is so infiltrated and so rigged against us? Well, let me first go to the highest levels possible here. And that's, this is all in God's hands. And so at the end of the day, it's, it's up to God and whatever God's plan is for us, whatever God's plan is for this country, ultimately that's what's going to have to happen. And so my, my prayers to God now are just to let me see my role in this, light the pathway that I'm supposed to walk in this and, and let me be a part of your divine plan, which, which I want to be good for humanity. Now to, to bring it back down to what we do, I think we have to just continue to tell the truth. And I think that the crazier the world gets, the more people are going to wake up and search for the truth and, and have their own political renaissance and, and, and many other renaissances as well, a physical renaissance, a psychological renaissance, a spiritual renaissance. The reason why I talked about my faith in the American people being reaffirmed, you know, I, I received hundreds of letters while I was away. And the stories I was told, the the kind words that I received, again, I know it's not the ideal situation, but when you've got most of the people that work in that prison, you know, basically winking a nod like, you know, hey, sorry, we have to do this to you, but uh, like you're you're pretty much a hero to everybody in here. Uh, You know, it, it lets me know that there are good people still out there. The good people outweigh the bad people. The problem is that the bad people are willing to do bad. And that the bad people are willing to pretty much do anything at this point. And most of the good people are still kind of sitting on the sidelines. And most of the good people are still afraid to act uh, for whatever variety of reasons. But I think that day will change. I truly believe that. It's all part of God's plan. And so we have to just we have to just pray that God gives us the guidance to do what he wants us to do to fulfill his destiny, which I think is our future, a pro-human future. And then we just have to continue to hit the ground running. We have to continue to hit the grindstone every day. And I think just be patient. And I know it's not something people like to hear, but I, I, I just believe that that's what it is. We have to be patient. The good people outnumber the bad. Now we just got to wait for them to get on the field. And, you know, it's kind of like if there's an, if there's an analogy or an allegory for it, in the uh, final trilogy movie of The Lord of the Rings, when they're fighting on the beach, 
and they're getting slaughtered. And it looks like it's all said and done. And then all of a sudden, all the ghost ships arrive. And then they outnumber the enemy 10 to 1 when they were previously outnumbered 10 to 1 themselves. I feel like that is going to be the moment that we eventually have here. And the leaders aren't going to be perfect. Sometimes we're going to disagree with the political leaders of this, but it's all about getting the good people on the field to finally defeat the evil that we've been facing in a lot of ways, ignoring for so long. As you mentioned, the Lord of the Rings, I couldn't help but think about the people of 1776, the brave men and women that were outnumbered, men mostly that were outnumbered, women left at home with children. Uh, going up against this army that, you know, they had them outgunned, their tactics were better, their weapons were bigger and stronger and faster. It was it was almost certain death for them, and they became victorious without ghost ships showing up. That was just making sacrifices for their country. That was just saying, no, we are going to win this because we're going to have a country that has autonomy, bodily autonomy, individual liberty, freedom to worship Jesus Christ, our God, our Lord and Savior, in the way that we want to, that this monarchy is not going to come here. Those people made sacrifices. You have made sacrifices. Every one of us that has a voice has made sacrifices. So many people don't really realize what it is that, you know, a lot of people go through and the sacrifices that they make. But who the hell do we think we are to feel that we are entitled to inherit this country based on the blood and the death and the sacrifices that those people made in 1776? We have to continue fighting. And I believe that we are on the precipice. So when you say be patient, I don't think it's going to take long. Oh, and I believe that we are at the precipice of watching as the people who are at the top perpetuating this will trade places with those that are in the prisons right now that need to get back with their families, the people that you were talking about, the men that have been separated from them that, that shouldn't even be there. You are an example. I think that it won't be long until extreme accountability comes when we are putting these people in prison because I think that the rate at which people are waking up and realizing the truth right now, I mean, even in my own family and my circle of friends is, is astonishing. So I, I, uh, I believe that there is a silver lining here. Uh, God wins. We know that our, our victory is sealed in the blood of the Lamb. We know that Jesus Christ defeated death itself and made these promises to us. So who are we not to obey and pick up the sword and fight? So happy that you're out. Uh, and I just pray this, that you never, ever censor yourself, that you never shut up, and that you use this to invigorate yourself and to take what you're doing even to the next level, if that's even possible. Well, I can't help but not censor myself, but it's just kind of like a permanent rainstorm and, and going around without an umbrella. But um, it's something that I'll continue to do. And I guess I would say in closing, since you brought this up, I, I read a lot while I was in there. And I actually read an important story about the Revolutionary War that ties exactly into what you're talking about. The American side, the, the, the colonial side was almost completely defeated. They were losing momentum. They were losing morale and people were ready to give up. George Washington's army was at an all time low as far as numbers were concerned. And he took that famous trip across the Delaware River, despite people telling him it wasn't going to work, despite the icy cold conditions, despite the frostbite, the starvation and everything they went through. But they took the trip and they said, this is our last gasp. And the British weren't really expecting it. And ultimately, they won that battle, and it was a glorious battle. And when Washington came back, since they won that battle, it was everything changed after that. It saved the war. Thousands of people started signing up to join Washington's army the next day. The victories all started coming after that. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at. But here's another important point that people need to know. 
for us to win this now and to defeat tyranny now is not just easier than what the founding fathers had to go through. But let me tell you, it's going to be a lot easier to do this now than it will be in 20, 30, 40 years when these people have a truly fully integrated technotronic tyranny grid and have us all living in a prison just in our daily lives. But it's great to be back. Uh, I can't thank people enough for praying for me. I know you were telling my story while I was away as well, and I'm glad to be here back with you. Owen Schroeder, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Getting out of this is going to take a lot of unprecedented behavior. Things that you would never consider doing before, things that you never really even thought of. And one of those things is protecting your financial stability with physical gold and silver. A lot of people probably used to think, I mean, why would I want physical, why would I keep gold and silver in my safe or at my house? Well, uh, clearly now is the time. Because along with the physical prison camps, like the one that Troyer was just released from, along with the digital prison camps that, I, that banning us from Twitter, taking away our Facebook and Instagram, only allowing the speech that they want, there's also a financial prison where you wake up one day and everything is gone. And I have been warning about this, and I'm telling you that it's coming. They are going to go full court press to try to accomplish this one world order, one world government, new world order, great reset, agenda 2030. They're not going to stop. They can't stop. So protect yourself. Don't allow yourself to be a victim. Do what I did. Call Gold Co. That's where I buy my gold and silver. 855-706-GOLD. That's the phone number. You see it right here on the screen. 855-706-GOLD. Or just go to goldco.com slash stew. Again, goldco.com slash stew. Don't be a victim. Make some decisions that otherwise you would not have previously considered. Protect yourself and protect your children. Call Gold Co. 855-706-GOLD. We'll be right back. What if I told you there was a hostile alien species that controls your appetite, sleep, and focus? Invaders that urinate and defecate throughout your body whenever they are hungry. We call them parasites, and they are the root cause of many health issues that result in pain, suffering, and death. The Purge is our solution. Purge Suddenly offers a unique blend of 17 detoxifying ingredients, including black walnut hull and wormwood, scientifically proven to not only kill parasites, but to destroy and flush them out. If you've never gone through a parasite cleanse or didn't do it the right way, our proven formula prepares you for a complete and total victory. Increased alertness, weight loss, and clear skin are just a few of the potential benefits customers have reported back. Kill the parasites, destroy their eggs, and build a big, beautiful wall inside your body to keep them out. It is time to purge suddenly. It's you or them. Make your move now. If you're feeling overwhelmed this holiday season, stressed out, believe me, I get it. You're definitely not alone. November and December demands end-of-year tasks, holiday preparations, gift shopping, family get-togethers, long-distance relationships, travel accommodations. It can all be a relentless source of stress. Well, breathe easy now because of Stress Guardian. They're here to help. It's the latest scientific breakthrough from our great friends and geniuses over at Bioptimizers, the men behind Magnesium Breakthrough. It's packed with a blend of 14 adaptogenic herbs that help to regulate your stress response naturally, granting you control over your holiday stress and stress beyond the holiday season, of course. But with daily use, Stress Guardian becomes your personal shield against seasonal tension, enhancing both your mental and physical well-being. Say goodbye to just surviving. This holiday season, thrive instead with Stress Guardian. To get your head start on your holiday stress, visit StressGuardian.com slash Stu Peters and use promo code Stu Peters for 10% off on your first order. 
Again, that's stressguardian.com slash Stu Peters. Bioptimizer is so confident in their products, they offer a risk-free 365-day money-back guarantee, a whole year. Discover the secret to peace on earth this holiday season. Visit stressguardian.com slash Stu Peters. I really wish I didn't have to bring you this disgusting news, especially if you're a man over 45. Do you feel the sudden and urgent need to urinate several times during the day or night? Does it take you even 30 seconds before any piss comes out? According to a shocking discovery from scientists at Harvard and Stanford, there's a high chance that you're dealing with something they call a moldy prostate. Yeah, a moldy prostate. This means that your prostate is being coated in a special type of mold, completely different mold than what you see on your food, but extremely threatening nonetheless. Left untreated, it damages your prostate until it becomes nearly impossible to enjoy a steady stream when you go to the bathroom. Moreover, your ability to get an erection is severely affected. Flowforce Max is a completely natural, 100% effective way to destroy that fungus that's colonizing your urinary tract right now. It allows you to enjoy a powerful and steady flow every time you go to the bathroom, and it helps you get a more powerful, stronger, longer-lasting erection. This prostate-shrinking candy has already been tried by more than 35,000 men aged 45 to 75 with amazing results. It's time to put an end to all of your prostate problems. Go to flowforcemax.com stew. Again, that's flowforcemax.com stew. If you have been waiting for a screaming deal on one of my favorite pieces of gun gear, then you need to check out this special holiday promo from Vanish Holsters. They're doing an awesome deal. You can buy one of their ultra-comfortable holsters at a discount and then get a second one for 50% off the already low discounted price. This is perfect if you want to own and use the most comfortable holster and give one to a friend or a family member. The holidays are upon us. I promise you'll love this holster more than any other holster that you own. The reason why is because you can use it to carry almost any gun that you own in absolute comfort. It's so comfortable you'll forget that you're wearing it, which is why it's called the Vanish Holster. This revolutionary holster fits 99% of all semi-auto handguns, works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions, and it also lets you conceal two fully loaded magazines. Don't run out of ammo. Best of all, it comes with a money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, you get all of your money back with a hassle-free return policy. Now, since this is a holiday deal, it's set to expire soon. And let's be real. You know what's going on in our nation. You know criminals are more emboldened than ever, and the threat of terrorism is looming large. So don't make the mistake of not being armed just because your current holster is completely uncomfortable. Hurry up and grab this, because the deal ends on December 25th. Go to vnsh.com slash stew right now so you can have a holster that makes it a pleasure to carry all day, every day. Again, that's vnsh.com slash stew for Vanish Holsters. So Donald Trump hasn't been dominating the headlines quite as much as he did, of course, in 2015. For that matter, he's not dominating them as much as he was just a few months ago. But make no mistake. The left's unprecedented lawfare campaign against Donald Trump and his allies is still ongoing, and yes, it is as deadly as ever. Trump is still facing four separate criminal indictments, all of them set to go on trial sometime next year. Collectively, these indictments add up to hundreds of potential years in prison. And more indictments might be invented at any time. There's rumors that even right now, as we speak, Jack Smith is on the brink of bringing some new indictment that flat out charges Trump with instigating a rebellion against the United States government. Isn't that punishable by death? Now, as we've discussed on this show, these indictments are all the product of years of planning. They require completely novel interpretations of U.S. law that have never been used against any other American citizen in any context at any time ever. They're designed so that every facet of them works to keep Donald Trump from reclaiming the White House. 
ideally from the left's point of view, simply just disqualify him from the ballot entirely. But if that doesn't work, they want Trump to be tied up in court for as much of 2024 as possible so he can't hold rallies or inspire his supporters. And then, of course, there's the gag orders. This federal judge, Tanya Chutkin, has blocked Trump from speaking out about the case against him on the spurious grounds that if Donald Trump calls out his case for the politically motivated sham that it actually really is, then it places random jurors or court officials in danger. The reality, as we all know, is that these gag orders exist for the sole purpose of shutting Trump up and keeping him off the campaign trail, period. Judge Chutkin's gag order isn't the only one either. In fact, New York Attorney General Letitia James wants her own gag order on Trump, and she wants a court to declare that Trump is prohibited from even appealing that gag order. Already, Trump has been fined twice for pushing the boundaries on these gag orders. The courts keep looking for excuses to expand them further. If they can get away with it, you can absolutely bet they'll try to take Trump to a violation of a gag order as an excuse to throw him into jail. This is all the left has. When Trump speaks about the issues, his takes are popular. Certainly far more popular than whatever these communists on the left have to say these days. Trump wants a secure border. They want an open one. They want a physical invasion. He wants peace. They want war. They want to bomb millions of people, spend trillions of dollars. He wants an economy of merit. They want race-based rackets. Despite being over 75 years old, Trump looks vigorous. Joe Biden, on the other hand, has no idea where he is. He's about 80, but he looks like he's 100. The regime absolutely cannot win a fair election. They couldn't even win a half-fair election, and they know this. Their only hope is to rig everything as much as humanly possible. George Papadopoulos is a former Trump foreign policy advisor. He has an excellent understanding of what it's like to be targeted by lawfare for opposing the regime's agenda, and he joins us now. Uh, George, thank you so much for coming back. We always appreciate having you. Thanks again for having me, Stu. It's always great to talk with you. Yeah. Uh, your take on this. I mean, this seems to be unconstitutional to silence a defendant like this, isn't it? Well, look, uh, what, what the American people are seeing and what the world is actually seeing is a vindictive display of state power against a political opponent. And, uh, you know, it was Stalin who said, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. And that's exactly what the United States is going through right now with the leading opponent of the sitting president, or I should say the regime leader today. And uh, all of these various cases, which really, to summarize what these are, there are a bunch of activist DAs that are working hand in glove with the Biden DOJ to do exactly what you just discussed, and that is to silence and potentially pr imprison the leading political opponents of Biden in an election year at a time when the American people have actually had a chance to see the JV squad during the debate stage. I mean, if you look at the potential future of the GOP, if the various candidates that we've seen on the stage over the last uh, months or so are the future, then we're in deep trouble. They know that. And that's why the DOJ and these activist DAs are so hellbent on stopping Trump, because they know that he is at the moment the only viable solution to put America back on track. So when a current regime silences or jails its opposition, by definition, isn't that a banana republic? I mean, is that what we're dealing with here, honestly? Look, if uh, let's say Zimbabwe or I don't know, Egypt did this uh, to their political opponents, right, which they have done in the past and they currently do, the United States and Europe and the United Nations would condemn that kind of activity as barbarous, 
uncivil, against the rule of law. When the Biden regime does it to Donald Trump or potentially, you know, hundreds of thousands of law abiding Americans simply for supporting the America First movement, they're applauded, roundly applauded. You have people like Andrew Wiseman, some of these talking heads, these Democrat hacks go on national television and actually say that this is a necessary step to stop bigotry, white supremacy and all the all this other insanity that the left is now pushing, which I believe is just an excuse to actually go after Trump supporters and law-abiding Christians uh, in America. And it's something terrifying to see. They're actually openly discussing that the American white male today is a larger threat than Hamas. This is actually mainstream stuff that they're saying on MSNBC, CNN. You have the FBI director calling these the biggest threats in America today. This is something that should not go unnoticed. It's uh, it's something that uh, is continuing to escalate as the election gets closer and closer. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that our government, the EU, we would say that this is barbarous, that we would go, we would intervene. But would we, though? Because, I mean, like our CIA affected a violent coup in 2014 in Ukraine when Ukraine started to adopt more pro-Russia policies. And then we installed this fake Zelensky over there and then... Zelensky did exactly what the Biden regime is doing right now, and we supported it, which was ban opposition television channels, uh, completely silence everybody, rule by dictatorship. I mean, we've done this all over the place. We're doing it now in Gaza with Israel. I mean, we are watching an ethnic cleansing and genocide over there. I mean, 75% of the population there is under the age of 15 years old. Well, look, basically what the CIA used, the tactics they have been using, like they did in Ukraine during the coup, which now has been unequivocally revealed to be a, a coup that really brought Zelensky and his corrupt hacks into power. And now we obviously see what that's done to the American taxpayer. Over $200 billion has been shipped over to Ukraine at a time when the American taxpayer, the middle class is being decimated in America. You have inflation rampant. People can't put food on the table while Zelensky's wife is on Fifth, on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan buying Cartier watches. His ministers are buying yachts in Italy. And this is something that, you know, you have some people in Congress like J.D. Vance and some of these others finally calling it out. Speaker Johnson, I know, has been trying to tow a hard line against this, but there's this tremendous pushback by the military industrial complex, the Biden regime itself to actually continue to finance this. And unfortunately, unless Congress acts, you're just going to see the more taxpayer money going over there into this deep hole and the American people are going to lose. Biden can't even think his way through a speech half the time. I don't think he knows where he is. We've seen all of the the flubs and the blunders and all of this stuff. I mean, I don't even think he knows when he defecates. I'm just I'm just keeping it real. Uh, who, who's really running this operation? Look, it's clearly the the higher ups, I believe, are the Obama people. Obama himself, I think, is running this because, like you said, this starts in 2014. What I believe the entire Russia collusion delusion and all of that insanity that I went through, that Trump went through, that others went through, was designed was for two reasons and two reasons only. One, to assure a third Obama term, which would have been Hillary Clinton in 2016. But even more important, it would have been to utilize Hillary Clinton as a puppet to initiate a war against Russia, which would have resulted in World War III if it had started in 2016. Trump obviously was the fork in the road. He stopped that from happening. But now look at this uh, continuous assault against the American taxpayer, the American people's dreams, their vision for a better America by just 
sending all of our money abroad to start World War III. It's not just in between Russia and Ukraine. We're seeing the drum rolls of war in, with Iran now. Obviously, the Gaza-Israel escalation is happening in front of our eyes. So I think this is all a design that Trump was in the way to prevent. They couldn't stop him back then. And now they want to stop him to stop, keep World War III uh, continuing. We saw all of these political prisoners, literal prisoners of war being held on U.S. soil after a peacefully uh, guided police tour through the Capitol on January 6th. The absence of the rule of law, uh, that's what we're looking at here, a banana republic, uh, a fake government, corporate murderous crime syndicate that's willing to lock up its own people or any dissenting voices. It, they're absolutely going to try to lock Trump up. I mean, don't you think that's inevitable that they're going to, I mean, what court is really just these days? Look, one, the one thing I said from day one, the moment I saw that the so-called lawfare was being ratcheted up against Trump, I said to the president on national television, on X, whatever platform I have, I said, do not go silent into the night. They want you to be silent because transparency and accountability is what these people hate. If you're vocal and you fight back, especially when you're being framed, they're terrified. And I think that's the main reason why these cases are actually collapsing and why, more importantly, I think now the Supreme Court has finally caught the attention of the Supreme Court, which I believe when they do convict Trump, I think it's inevitable they're going to convict them. It doesn't matter when you have show trials, if he's convicted or not. The American people already have actually probably uh uh, you know, uh, qualified and, and invested in their idea that Trump will be convicted. He's still up 60 points against his number two rival. So that doesn't matter. The question now is, does the Supreme Court get involved and overturn the convictions, which I believe that's actually where we're going. And it's a trap that I think the Democrats want to use because now that the Supreme Court has some of these major constitutionalists in power, they're going to say, hey, look, the Supreme Court now intervened in this election they helped Trump out and we have to get rid of these guys. We have to expand the court. So I think the Democrats are a lot smarter than we think, especially when it comes to this, uh, uh, you know, lawfare against Trump. And I think it's not only Trump in their sight. It's also how the Supreme Court is going to react, which they're also looking at, because we can't forget this has been an idea of the Democrats for years to expand the court, to stack it with their people, to remove some of the people like Clarence Thomas and others. And, uh, you know, this could obviously have tremendous impact on the social issues in America, much more than obviously foreign policy. So what happens if they convict him and do throw him in jail and the Supreme Court is rendered useless once again, just like they were with, you know, the election in November? Uh, then what? I mean, what is the recourse here? Do we just sit by and watch our country just go to hell and watch this authoritarianism be ushered in and be locked down in our pods and give up our guns and be at the mercy of this regime? Well, fortunately, the, the way the Constitution was written, you could actually be a convicted felon and even uh, become president from a prison cell. So uh, uh, I think there would be an incredible uh, situation should they convict them and actually the Supreme Court is defanged, which I don't believe they are. I think the Supreme Court eventually will intervene uh, when Trump, if and when Trump is convicted. And I think that's really going to create a brand new issue going into 2026 in the midterms and how that affects uh, the Supreme Court. So uh, there's the two two things going on here. You have the 2024 election and also the future of the Supreme Court that all coincides with all of these various activist DAs in the Biden DOJ uh, circling Trump. So Obama, you believe, is the one that's calling the shots here. Uh who who is who is he answering to? 
Oh, so like I said, from 2014, it, the plot was was quite evident. I mean, it I guess what I'm getting at is, is there foreign interference here? Do you, do you believe that there are other countries adversarial to the United States that are meddling in this entire process? Look, you look at what happened in 2014. That was obviously a, a coup in Ukraine. How that affected 2016, you had the Ukrainian government involved in trying to sabotage Trump. This is all public knowledge now after we, of course you know, pounded the table to expose this, even when the media tried to suppress it, right? You have Ukrainian interference against Trump in 2016, the British, the Italians, the Australians, you had, uh, you know, various other foreign governments that all had a vested interest in a Clinton presidency because they were all involved, of course, in the Clinton Foundation and all of that racket that they were investing in. So the moment Clinton's out of power, all the money from foreign governments dried up. That is what this was all about. It's all about pay to play. When your viewers hear the word pay for play and they accuse Trump or his people of it, just look at what's happening now with Burisma, with Hunter, with the Clinton Foundation, how all that money's dried up, how Hunter Biden's out of an $88,000 job. What do you think these people were being paid to do? They were being paid to sell out the American people while filling their pocketbooks simultaneously. And that is really the scandal of the century. When he was in office, one of the promises that he did keep, Donald Trump said, I'm not going to get us involved with any wars. Uh, he, he didn't want to activate the military industrial complex and enrich people like, you know, um, Raytheon, but Graham uh, and all of these NGOs, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon. We talk about this all the time on the program. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why they hate him so much. He didn't want to get involved with these foreign interventions. I have said on this program multiple times, the only intervention that I will now support is when the American people rise up and intervene with this current government. Uh, how how do you think the people do that? Final words, two minutes. What I'll say, Stu, is that you're absolutely right. We cannot continue to invest in foreign wars. And that's something that why I think you have these candidates like Nikki Haley or Chris Christie or some of these others who are very dropped out, which are really just talking heads up there. I mean, it's, it's just evident that they're not there to represent the American people. They're there to represent the companies that they serve on the boards of, the Rayathons, the Boeings, the others. And unfortunately, Trump with his pledge of not wanting to intervene foreign in foreign wars anymore. That's really why the military industrial complex, I think, interfered against him, why now the DOJ is interfering against him, and why these foreign governments interfered against him. And you're likely going to see probably a black swan type of event, if, if not, if we haven't seen already the beginning of World War III, into this next election to prevent him from winning. I do think Trump's going to end up winning, whether he's indicted, or I should say convicted or not. There's no stopping the American people's uh, power. The American people hold their power in their hands. This election is the most critical election of our lifetime. I just got back from Mar-a-Lago a couple of days ago. The people are invigorated. People want to see Trump back in power. People are desperate. They need bold leadership. And I believe, as somebody who's worked for Trump, I've worked for Ben Carson in the past, that Trump is the only way forward in this next election. And it has implications not only for your pocketbooks, but your your security in the future of America. Let's just hope that this election isn't as fake and rigged and stolen as the last one. Uh, I mean, we, we've, we've got to address these issues that haven't been addressed. I, I, I believe in any free and fair election. Of course, Donald Trump won in 2020. You know, uh, we know that. We've seen all the physical evidence, yet the Supreme Court was defanged in that situation. We hope that they're not here again. There's a lot riding in the balance here. George Papadopoulos, for your insight, thank you so much. We appreciate you being here. Thanks again, sir. I really wish I didn't have to bring you this disgusting news, especially if you're a man over 45. Do you feel the sudden and urgent need to urinate several times during the day or night? Does it take you even 30 seconds before any piss comes out? 
According to a shocking discovery from scientists at Harvard and Stanford, there's a high chance that you're dealing with something they call a moldy prostate. Yeah, a moldy prostate. This means that your prostate is being coated in a special type of mold, completely different mold than what you see on your food, but extremely threatening nonetheless. Left untreated, it damages your prostate until it becomes nearly impossible to enjoy a steady stream when you go to the bathroom. Moreover, your ability to get an erection is severely affected. Flowforce Max is a completely natural, 100% effective way to destroy that fungus that's colonizing your urinary tract right now. It allows you to enjoy a powerful and steady flow every time you go to the bathroom, and it helps you get a more powerful, stronger, longer-lasting erection. This prostate-shrinking candy has already been tried by more than 35,000 men aged 45 to 75 with amazing results. It's time to put an end to all of your prostate problems. Go to flowforcemax.com stew. Again, that's flowforcemax.com stew. Look around at what's going on right now. Banks are collapsing all over the place. And then they're getting bailed out. And who's paying for that? You are. They say taxpayers won't pay. They say that other banks will pay. Well, how do those banks get that money? They'll probably raise your bank fees like they always do. And if the Fed steps in, you'll likely also be paying an inflation tax. In times like this, storing all of your money in a bank may be very risky, as we have seen. So what can two average Joes like you and I even do about it? Protect your wealth with gold and silver, just like so many other Americans and banks are doing right now. Call 855-706-GOLD to learn how to protect your savings with gold and silver. Call Gold Co. today, 855-706-GOLD. If you're over 35 and like the typical American, you start to feel tired around noon. Your ability to focus just keeps getting worse as you get older. For energy, you've probably tried coffee or tea or even worse, one of those sugary poisonous drinks that promises energy for hours, but they just don't work. Your focus never improves. ESS 60 is a molecule that Big Pharma doesn't want you to know about. And that's because Big Pharma is evil and they want to kill you. And also they know how effective this is and they can't make any money off of continuously slowly poisoning you to death. Historically, this is dramatically extending the lives of test subjects, and it's why I'm hooked. My Vital C is made with just two ingredients, olive oil and a powerful nano-antioxidant, 125 times more powerful than vitamin C. That's ESS60. It's also backed by a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to myvitalc.com slash stew. Again, that's myvital, the letter C, dot com slash stew. Also, use the coupon code StuPeters at checkout for an additional 15% off your initial order. That's myvitalc.com slash stew. Filtersuck.com is the leading manufacturer in filterless air purification systems, whether you're dealing with pollen or mold or dust, shedding from your pet, or vaccinated neighbors, mRNA spike protein shedding, Filtersuck.com has solutions for every scenario, at home, at work, or on the go. Breathe with confidence. Don't let your air suck. Rest well knowing that your home is protected 24-7, so now you can get a unit for your home or a portable unit for on-the-go travel. That's Filtersuck.com. Use promo code STU for 10% off when you go to Filtersuck.com. Armslist.com is America's firearms marketplace. Unwavering in their belief of the right of the people to keep and bear arms, Armslist.com has been fighting for our Second Amendment rights, battling the Brady campaign and their cronies since their initial assault in 2013, and Armslist has emerged victorious. Armslist.com is not only at the forefront of the fight for your rights, no, it's also your go-to platform to buy, sell, and trade firearms, or ammo, or optics, and more, and do it all locally, or you can tap into their nationwide network of firearms dealers. So for a limited time, ArmsList is extending an exclusive discount to members of the Stu Crew. That's you. Head to armslist.com slash Peters. Use the coupon code Stu to get your first month of premium membership at, get this, 99 cents. 
99 cents. Go to armslist.com slash Stu Peters. Join the fight. Come get what they want to take right now at armslist.com slash Stu Peters. It's not that she or I wanted to take me out of hospital care completely or off of treatment completely. We just wanted to seek a different type of treatment, one that wasn't killing me and not even touching my tumor because it didn't shrink my tumor at all. In fact, it made my tumor grow because of all the toxins it was feeding my tumor. And so it was only killing my body and we just wanted a different treatment. That's all. We never wanted to stop treatment. We never wanted to just completely leave and say, okay, that's enough treatment. We're going home now. So we don't want you killing me. We want to try something different. And as a result, you were threatened with child protective services, the the largest, put, put us all on the screen. Thank you. You were threatened with child protective services. You were threatened with arrest and criminal prosecution for trying to save your daughter. Who is the name of this person, by the way, this fake doctor? Uh, Dr. Uh, Krista Slish. Dr. Krista Slish from OHSU. So Dr. Krista Slish was doing the bidding of Satan and working for the murderous medical industrial complex while you had a hero, a real angel, a nurse there at ground zero working alongside you. See, this is the silver lining that I saw all the way through COVID. On this particular program, on this show, we will always give a voice to the victims of our murderous medical industrial complex. And as you know, the crimes of our medical industry go far beyond remdesivir and COVID shots. Well, we also give a voice to the thousands of people targeted and terrorized by the state-funded human trafficking mafia called Child Protective Services, or CPS. Our next guest, Christina Dixon, has the tragic misfortune of understanding both of those worlds. For five years, she's fought to protect her daughter from reckless doctors who nearly killed her after diagnosing her with liver cancer in 2018, and to keep custody of her daughter from CPS predators who want to snatch her away. Well, today we're going to have Christina tell the first half of her story about the battle against the medical industry. After Christina's daughter, Kylie, was diagnosed with liver cancer at age 11, doctors immediately put her on a series of aggressive chemotherapy treatments, even though her tumor never improved under these waves and waves of toxic treatment. It was this chemotherapy, not her tumor, that brought Kylie to the brink of death, stripping her of her ability to walk or eat. By her third round of chemo, Kylie's lungs were failing and filling with fluid. She needed a chest tube to breathe while her blood cells were particularly gone, practically. Eventually, Christina successfully got her daughter discharged, switched to a regimen of natural remedies, including CBD. These treatments actually did help to shrink Kylie's tumor, but they put Christina in the path of CPS. And the weight of the legal system, of course, was after her as well. In fact, for helping to save her daughter's life, Christina was recently sentenced to 19 months in prison. That'll be the story that we have her on for next time. Uh, Right now, Christina joins us alongside of her daughter, Kylie, to share more of this horrifying medical journey. Uh, Thank you both for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Um, So to begin, um, Kylie initially got uh, sick one morning and was profusely throwing up. So we had went to a Providence hospital Um, And we rushed her there. And after being there multiple hours of testing and then trying to figure out what was wrong with her, um, 
they finally figured out uh, she was losing a lot of blood and they figured out she had a uh, internal bleeding in from her liver and that there was a mass that grew and it uh, burst uh, through her liver. And so at that point at that hospital, because they didn't have the technology to find out her blood type and everything, fast forward, uh, they had called a life flight and an ambulance to see who can get her up to Dornbecker quicker, uh, Dornbecker OHSU Hospital in Portland. And we um, had gotten there uh, with God's grace and she was rushed to the OR. And um, I got literally seconds to say bye. And um, the surgeon said, don't worry. I, you know, I deal with these kind of situations all the time. I've been here for a long time. And just trying to reassure me. And I was like, okay. So we went out to the waiting room and it was about five to six hours later, we had found out that she did really good. And um, the surgeon came out and explained that, you know, they uh, stopped the bleeding. He was in there. He's seen these kind of um, growths before and to not worry about it um, because at least it's not uh Malignant, that's how he said it. Malignant, which means it's not cancerous. So I was like, okay, great, thank God. And then fast forward, you know, she goes to ICU and healing and everything. And after a couple weeks of working towards going home, uh, himself and another doctor had come in and he's like, I made a mistake. Um, you know, uh, the mass could be cancerous, possibly more than anything. And we need to start testing on it to make sure, you know, what type of cancer. And I'm like, you said you've done this for 20 plus years. You know, you reassured me it wasn't. That makes no sense to me, you know? And he just, he couldn't even look me in the eye. He was very apologetic. And he's like, yeah, that's just where we're at. That's what we need to do. And so, yeah, and this all took place at Dornbecker OHSU. And so then, of course, they did the testing and they came back and they're like, oh, it's it's cancerous. It's a rare type of tumor on top of it. So I didn't argue. I just was like, okay. so we go up towards, you know, the cancer unit and the doctor there that had initially came in with him. She comes in and says she's, you know, going to be her main doctor and that we need to basically start treating this very ag aggressively and quick. And I was like, well, I'd like to go home and, you know, think about this. This is a lot. You know, she's like, oh, no, we don't have time for that. Um, just very strict, straight to the point. Didn't give me even a moment to really process what was going on. And so, of course, I was terrified and I was like, okay, you know, if, if, if that's the case, then we got to do what we got to do. So she gets put on, um, she always knows the names of these two types of... Uh, Iphosphamide and doxorubicin. Say it louder. Iphosphamide and doxorubicin, which are two types of deadly chemos that are more meant for grown, like, 300 pound men's like a horse tranquilizer like they're the most powerful um from what we ended up finding out something you wouldn't uh treat an 11 year old with especially 
when the tumor is growing inside the liver. And so she was given the chemo throughout her entire body, which is not what you want to do for a tumor that's inside an organ. Um, that put her into a very uh, serious, and um, we weren't aware of, of all these side effects. It was very minimal of the side effects that we were even warned about. Um, I think all we were warned about was nausea. Yeah, and... it was very basic um, side effects. Well, after the both bags go into her, she start, she's not even there anymore. She's like, she started crying. She was barely getting some words out and then she was just out. And so I screamed for the nurse and doctors to come in and um, they said, yeah, it's not, you know, typical. It's a rare occasion that this happens. And so she, um, they put her on some breathing and her, her body was just kind of shutting down. She was going into a coma and, um, we ended up finding out it was neurotoxicity to her brain. They were overdosing her on the chemo. So that was days of just dealing with a lot of heartache, a lot of uh, very scary situations. So I'm going to try to fast forward as much as possible. Um, my oldest daughter was also there. We had set her up um, for her schooling to be there. Um, cause they said, you know, it can take weeks after she gets her first treatment and that same doctor that had an issue with, um, her and I from the beginning, she had stated that my daughter could not stay there. And I was like, well, the other floor, you know, got me the paperwork. They said this happens all the time. So she was forcing me to make a decision between staying with my youngest by her bedside as she's possibly dying or forcing me to take my other daughter home. So I had a friend and family come take my other daughter and I stayed with her. And um, I thank God that I made that decision because she would not be here today. How so? Um, what happened? What did they want to do that you stopped? So after all the side effects and her, it almost killing her. She did not want to change the treatment. They whatsoever. wanted to give her more of the same treatment that nearly killed her the first time. Correct. Yeah. Even though other doctors had told her, you know, we should look at other type. She was headstrong on absolutely not. This is the only kind, and we have to we have to do this aggressively. We've That's overdosed all she kept your saying. daughter on chemotherapy that caused this neurotoxicity to her brain and nearly killed her. It's never Correct. happens. It's never happened before. It happens very rarely, but we want to do it again. Thank you. Correct. Yeah. And so even, even other doctors from that same hospital that were telling her you need to change her regimen, you need to change her treatment. Yeah. And she was refusing. So how does so, this end? So Christina, you stay there, you save her life. How does this, what, what happens then? I mean, what, what did you have to do in order to get her out of there? To get her out after the second and third same concept happened, a nurse um, got involved and said she had seen how the doctor was treating me, uh, talking to me, taunting me. Every corner I would turn, she would just, I've never experienced, and I, I'm telling you, I've, I've been through the medical system many times before. I've never experienced this kind of treatment in my life, ever. Um, she was refusing to even let us leave the unit. 
Yeah, we were the only ones that could not leave the unit. It was very at a level I can't even explain. So then I had to, um, after the nurse had came, she goes, do you need my help? Do you want me to help you get out? Do you want to go home? You know, and I said, absolutely. And this was where she, we were already being told that she wasn't going to make it. She was going to die. And she wanted to go home at this point. She was ready to die. Like what an 11, 12 year old, you know, Think about how much you have to get there mentally to want to. And I told her, I said, no, absolutely. We're not. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep trying, you know. Um, And so neither one of us gave up. And we finally had an attorney. We had to get an attorney and that nurse to help us get out. And she did. She went all the way to the top. They apologized on the doctor's behalf. Um, Our attorney came in. Uh, served them with a cease and desist letter, said they have every right, this mom has every fundamental right to make her decisions over her daughter, Get you know, release them right now and stop threatening this mother with DHS because she was already doing that in the hospital. She would threaten me. She goes, keep that up and I will have DHS come in here. Keep it up. I'll have you arrested. And all I would say is, hey, I need a second opinion. This is what's going on. I wouldn't... I wasn't disrespecting her. It just, at any time I wanted or requested a change for her health to save her life, it was a threat, you know? And so then when the attorney got involved, the nurse got involved, we did get discharged. And it's not that, um, it's not that she or I wanted to take me out of hospital care completely or off of treatment completely. We just wanted to seek a different type of treatment, one that wasn't killing me and not even touching my tumor because it didn't shrink my tumor at all. In fact, it made my tumor grow because of all the toxins it was feeding my tumor. And so it was only killing my body and we just wanted a different treatment. That's all. We never wanted to stop treatment. We never wanted to just completely leave and say, okay, that's enough treatment. We're going home now. So we don't want you killing me. We want to try something different. And as a result, you were threatened with child protective services, the, the largest, put, put us all on the screen. Thank you. You were threatened with child protective services. You were threatened with arrest and criminal prosecution for trying to save your daughter. Who is the name of this person, by the way, this fake doctor? Uh, Dr. Uh, Krista Slish. Dr. Krista Slish from OHSU. So Dr. Krista Slish was doing the bidding of Satan and working for the murderous medical industrial complex while you had a hero, a real angel, a nurse there at ground zero working alongside you. See, this is the silver lining that I saw all the way through COVID. I mean, we we do have really good people that will fight for you to save lives. This program has always been about saving lives. Uh, and and Absolutely. A tremendous amount of gratitude for that nurse. Uh, I don't know if she wants to remain anonymous or not, but if you'd like to give her name, I'm sure that she'll get all kinds of accolades and emails from our viewing audience. Uh, but that, that's that's tremendous to hear. Uh, you're now facing 19 months in prison as a result of this, according to our producers, and we want to have you back to talk more about that, if you don't mind. Absolutely. More I'd appreciate st- it. Of course. God bless both of you. More of the Stu Peter Show next.
What does the federal government do with your tax dollars? What if I told you there was a hostile alien species that controls your appetite, sleep and focus, invaders that urinate and defecate throughout your body whenever they are hungry? They will give you headaches, make you depressed and even angry if they don't get what they want. We call them parasites, and they are the root cause of many health issues that result in pain, suffering, and death. It is time to purge suddenly. It's you or them. Make your move now. If you're feeling overwhelmed this holiday season, stressed out, believe me, I get it. You're definitely not alone. November and December demands end-of-year tasks, holiday preparations, gift shopping, family get-togethers, long-distance relationships, travel accommodations. It can all be a relentless source of stress. Well, breathe easy now because of Stress Guardian. They're here to help. It's the latest scientific breakthrough from our great friends and geniuses over at Bioptimizers, the men behind Magnesium Breakthrough. It's packed with a blend of 14 adaptogenic herbs that help to regulate your stress response naturally, granting you control over your holiday stress and stress beyond the holiday season, of course. But with daily use, Stress Guardian becomes your personal shield against seasonal tension, enhancing both your mental and physical well-being. Say goodbye to just surviving. This holiday season, thrive instead with Stress Guardian. To get your head start on your holiday stress, visit StressGuardian.com slash Peters and use promo code StuPeters for 10% off on your first order. Again, that's StressGuardian.com slash Peters. By Optimizer is so confident in their products, they offer a risk-free 365-day money-back guarantee, a whole year. Discover the secret to peace on earth this holiday season. Visit stressguardian.com slash Peters. Friends, I've got some alarming news. I've learned that over 70% of the power lines in our country, America, are over 25 years old, with many approaching the end of their typical 50 to 80-year life cycle. This will have severe consequences for our communities and our families, leaving us completely vulnerable to both power outages and cyber attacks. Coupled with the increasing number of major natural and manufactured disasters that our country is expected to experience in the future, it's no surprise that many Americans are searching for a safe and reliable alternative to traditional generators. Solar power generators are the only way to go, and solar power generators from Goal Zero offer a quiet, fume-free, reliable source of power. They're safe, they're portable, they're maintenance-free. A Goal Zero generator is ideal for all kinds of things, emergencies, camping, off-grid living. Don't wait for these people to manufacture another disaster. Go to survivalistscoop.com slash Peters to secure your family's safety right now. That's survivalistscoop.com slash Peters.